I love baking, especially in the fall and winter seasons. Being able to use ingredients that my body appreciates makes cinnamon bun season so much sweeter. That's why I use Bob's Red Mill. Every product from Bob's Red Mill is of highest quality, minimally processed at their stone mill in Oregon. Their foods are packed with flavor, so you get nutritious foods that actually taste amazing. Go to bobsredmill.com today and browse their huge selection of premium whole grain goodness you can taste in every single bite. Use the code YOGAGIRL and receive 25% off of all products right now. Bob's Red Mill makes it possible to nourish myself and my family every day. And in turn, I support an employee-owned company that has been offering organic, gluten-free, and stone ground products for decades. For anyone with a gluten allergy or celiac disease, all Bob's Red Mill's gluten-free products are processed in a 100% gluten-free facility to ensure no cross-contamination. You can feel safe and confident with Bob's Red Mill. Remember, Bob's Red Mill is offering a fantastic offer to all From the Heart listeners right now. Use the promo code YOGAGIRL at bobsredmill.com for 25% off of all products. Stock up on gluten-free, paleo, and vegan products from oats to flowers and even meals for a healthy family and happy hearts. Visit bobsredmill.com and get 25% off your entire purchase with the code YOGAGIRL today. Welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Today, I have a badass guest on the show who's dedicated his entire life's work to making a difference in the world, James Aspie. James is a hardcore promoter of peace, an animal rights activist, vegan, and public speaker. To quote his website with what I think is just maybe the coolest sentence I have ever read in my life, he replaced drugs, cancer, and bulimia with veganism and meditation. What? Welcome to the show, James. <laughs> Thanks so much, Rachel. I appreciate it. Thank you. How do you like your intro? Do you approve? You killed it. You nailed it. I knew you'd do a good job. Very well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, you forgot a word. I think I wrote, I replaced drugs, cancer, and bulimia with surfing veganism and meditation. But don't worry, I'm not going to hold oh, it again. Oh, shit. You were oh, real shit. Close. Oh, shit. Okay, we have to talk about surfing then, because I totally, totally missed that part. So, I mean, where, where are you right now? <laughs> oh, I know yeah. it's early where you're at. I'm like making you wake up really early in the morning. I'm sorry about that. So I figured it would, it would be worth it. I am in Australia. I just got here yesterday. I am. I came from Bali. Before that, I was in Norway. Before that, I was in Ireland. And tonight, I go back to the UK. I'm going to London. So I've got a festival on there. I'm speaking at uh, for a few days, and then that's it. I come back again, and I go to um, Adelaide, and then New Zealand. And yeah, the journey continues. It's just it's pretty full on. So, just yeah. li life on the road wow that is it's it's so amazing uh, so yeah. I, I i follow you on facebook and i have been um for a while i think i'm kind of one of those silent followers i don't usually comment on on, on anything in social media but i've been following you for a while and i've been watching your speeches and your talks and your youtube videos and i'm so inspired by by your dedication and by the life that you lead. Right. But I have to start this podcast episode off by saying that I am not <laughs> vegan. Okay, good disclaimer to hear. <laughs> Very good disclaimer to hear. So I actually, I actually, I, yeah, I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of a hypocrite or not kind of a hypocrite when it comes to my own 
like dietary choices, I am totally a hypocrite. I used to be vegan. I was vegan for a bunch of years. Um, and somehow I faded out of that. Actually, I don't really know like how to pinpoint when exactly that happened. But little by little, I just lost my way and I went astray. Um, and I think of my diet choices whenever I eat. Because right now I eat cheese and I... Uh, I don't drink milk or eat egg or meat or, or any of that, but I eat, do eat cheese. And I kind of make okay, so excuses for close. that. Yeah, I, but I, I kind of say like, oh, but it's kind of like how I drink wine and I eat dessert and I like, you know, I eat sugar uh -huh. stuff. Like I know it's bad, but I do it anyway, you know. I but understand. I've realized I the difference is when I drink wine and when I'm eating chocolate or whatever, I'm not really inflicting harm onto the world and i know with my non you know vegan diet i am so this podcast with you is super selfish actually <laughs> i want you to kick star uh, for you you could have yes! just called me we didn't have to do a podcast <laughs> but we can inspire the world maybe hopefully a little bit <laughs> so i mean i want you to i want to cool. well, i want to I think, i think that's awesome first of all that I mean, that you're reaching out and want to have a chat about it. I really appreciate that you follow all my stuff. I think that's awesome as well. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, it's, it's hard to be perfect sometimes in a world that is set up for non-vegans. You know, it's, it's set up that meat is here and cheese is on everything. And you know that the industry is hidden from you. So you kind of forget maybe some of the reasons that inspired you to go vegan in the first place. And... That's really the job of the vegan activist is to try to encourage and educate and inspire people to make the choices that are better for themselves and better for the, the planet and obviously better for the animals. So, you know, it's, I can understand why some people might lose their way every now and then, but, you know, getting back on track is an easy thing to do. And like you said, you know, if you're feeling a bit like a hypocrite and things like that, then in your heart, you know as well that it's the right thing to do. So going vegan doesn't have to be hard, and you're already so close, and so, you know, it's just going to be a positive thing. But we'll get to that anyway. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> well, let's rewind a little bit, because I know, that, so the people that listen to the show, it's all kinds of um, people. I'm sure there's many people out there that, that haven't heard of you, and I know for sure we have listeners who follow any kind of diet, and there's going to be people that are totally against anything that's labeled vegan. And there's going to be a debate in the social media comment section. Like I know I can anticipate already. <laughs> But why don't we just kind of, yes, of go back a little bit and, and, and talk about you and how you got started on this journey? Sure. Well, really, I mean, I'm 30 years old now. But when I was 17, I would say that a significant thing happened in my life that kind of got this journey started. I was diagnosed with leukemia and lymphoma, and I was given six weeks to live if I didn't start treatment straight away. So I went through the chemotherapy. I went through three years of treatment, actually. I put on uh, about 60 pounds or 25 kilos in that time and got very sick. And, you know, I just really suffered, actually. I mean, there were times when I was in my hospital room screaming out loud from the pain or other times where I was so struggling to get oxygen in that I thought, you know, I was close to my last breath and many, many different things happened. But the point is that I really suffered. And this experience made me realize how bad it is to suffer and also how 
if you can come out of your suffering, that is one of the best things that could ever happen to you. And I was lucky because somebody, he helped me out of my suffering. He helped me get fit, get strong and healthy. He was a personal trainer. So that inspired me to become a personal trainer as well. You know, I wanted to do what he'd done. I wanted to give someone else the gift that he'd given me and help someone just come out of that pain and, um, you know, out of that just feeling bad and not recognizing yourself in your body and all that kind of stuff. So I became a personal trainer for eight years, very passionate, worked on cruise ships, and then I met a man on the cruise ship who just said one thing to me, and it was one of the most life-changing things I've ever heard looking back on it now, but all he said was that eating animals is bad karma, and he was like a really wise old Indian man, and we've been talking a lot. So eating animals is bad karma, he said. I said there's no such thing as a healthy vegetarian, which is what I'd believed for a long time. He said that he'd been vegetarian for 20 years, and I was thinking, well, wow, like he's not dead, so maybe (laughs) it's possible. (laughs) And um, I tried it for seven days. I I thought, all right, I'll try it. I tried it for seven days. I thought I would feel horrible. I actually felt amazing. And because I was eating meat, like so much meat, Rachel, like every single meal for my whole life, I was piling on the meat. I was a personal trainer. It was that whole get meat. Uh, protein from was that how you were raised also in your family was that the diet you followed absolutely oh man we're all big meat eaters you know like we're from australia as well we're all about the barbecue but i don't know every country thinks their country eats the most meat they're like oh yeah maybe (laughs) not our country we could never do that here i'm like this is a worldwide problem don't think that your country is special (laughs) and anyway so I um I felt so good and it shocked me and so I decided to look into if there were any health benefits because I didn't have a clue. I just thought I knew. And when I realized that you can be so much healthier from not eating animal products, live a longer life, reduce your chances of heart disease, which is the number one killer, and a diet free from animal products is the only diet ever been proven to reverse heart disease in the majority of its patients. And then reduce your likelihood of many cancers and diabetes and obesity and osteoporosis and all of these problems that I was seeing in people every week that I was working on this cruise ship. People are coming in telling me they're on 10 medications, 15 medications, you know, for lowering their cholesterol, lowering their blood pressure. And I thought, man, wow, I got so excited that I discovered something through food that could heal people. And then... I learned about the ethical stuff. I what did you read? What were, you, were you just kind of devouring anything you came across? Or did you have guidance? Did the you first, have any... The first book I read was, uh, it was like an encyclopedia-styled kind of book. It's called Healing with Whole Foods. And it was an incredible book. And basically, it was just coincidental. I read this book, and it just happened to be that every single ailment in there was always pointing back to a plant-based diet. It wasn't even about a plant-based diet, but that was the answer to all the ailments kind of thing. And I just went, like, it, it just was making way too much sense. It was kind of freaking <laughs> me out a little bit. And then I, I, I watch Earthlings. I watch what happens to the animals in this documentary. You know, what happens to them before they become that neatly wrapped package on a supermarket shelf, before they get turned into a jacket, before the, you know they get put into a product or products are tested on them. And I just saw... I saw it with new eyes because I'd seen animals be slaughtered before in, in footage or whatever, but I didn't care because I thought we needed to for health. 
So then when I realized, oh my God, like all this screaming, all this violence, this torture, these poor innocent beings, that this is happening and we don't even need to do it for our health? What are we doing this for? And when I looked for an answer and I found the best answer basically is because they taste good or it's traditional habit or convenience, I just went, nah, I'm not okay with that. That's not the kind of person I am. I'm a peaceful person, respectful. I would never hurt an animal in this way just for a fleeting taste sensation. I'll eat something else. And if I can live and thrive without it, then all the better. And then I learned, you know, I stayed vegetarian for a while. Then I learned that there's at least as much cruelty in dairy, in eggs. And that's when I felt like the hypocrite because I thought, man, I'm doing this thing for animals, but I'm still eating animals or animal products that hurt them just as badly that still cause their death or their harm. Mm And I just realized, you know, it doesn't make sense to say you're against cruelty to some animals and participate in cruelty to others. So that's when I realized, holy shit, man, I, I need to go vegan. Like, and this is the biggest <laughs> shock to me because, like, and all my friends and family, because I wasn't even an animal lover. Like, I wasn't <laughs> at all an animal lover. I didn't even really like my dog that much, you know? <laughs> I wasn't like, <laughs> I truly didn't know. So when everyone, I'm telling everyone I'm going vegan, they're like, fuck, he's back on the drugs or something's going on. Like, he's not, he's not right in the head. This, this guy can't go vegan. There must be something going on. But, um, you know, I started showing people what I'd been seeing and, like, teaching them the, the health info that I'd learned. And, I mean, I, I wanted not to go vegan, but the more I looked into it, the more I was like, well, this is right. It's better in every way, better for the environment, better for our health, better for the animals. And... You know, I just couldn't fight the logic, and then I just couldn't... You know, once I'd seen what I'd seen, I just... I really actually felt for the animals, and the more I learned about who animals actually are, and, you know, how how their emotional lives are so rich, and that they, they have a heart and a brain just like us, I just didn't want to discriminate against them mm. anymore just based on how they look on the outside. And, you know, veganism is all just about treating others the way that you'd want to be treated. It's the golden rule in action. And I just, I just, you know, I just wanted to increase the peace and do my part and reduce the suffering. And so, no, but and it's so, such yeah, a huge, it's such a huge piece and such a huge component. And I mean, for the for personal health, one thing for compassion of other beings, one thing for the environment, uh, also a huge thing. And I, I, I kind of have this discussion a lot. So we, uh, especially in the yoga community, you know, the first. The first yama of the first limb of yoga is ahimsa, which is non-harm. So it really is is, is a huge part of this lifestyle that that me and so many you know millions of other people that practice yoga and that are committed to the practice lead. Uh, and somehow I find that you know at least a lot of people in my community they they opt out from the meat, maybe the red meat, or I just eat some chicken, or you know. But I'm not like vegan. Vegan is really extreme. And I, I always go silent now because because <laughs> I no longer identify under this, you know, the vegan <laughs> label and I've lost my way. We need you, Rachel. You know, I don't, I don't have these discussions anymore and I, it's just, yeah. and it bugs me kind of all, <laughs> all the time. And I actually, I had this right before um, we, we booked you to come on the show. I had this big discussion with a, with a woman. So we have an animal rescue organization here in Aruba where we live. And a huge portion of my time and energy and money goes to rescuing stray dogs and cats because it's a really big problem on the island here. Right. 
And we raise a ton of money and we're opening an animal shelter in January and so many things are happening. Um, And I look at the people in this community because people are so dedicated to the well-being of animals, but all of them eat meat. Really. Yeah. And I found myself caught in this this very dangerous, you know, very, (laughs) very controversial discussion of, you know, but which animals, like, do do you love that? You know, if it's okay to to eat a baby pig, but a puppy, like, you know, we go crazy if there's a puppy in the street. Oh, my God, stop life. Like, let's, holy shit, figure this out. But then we're mindlessly kind of inflicting the same kind of suffering or much, much worse, you know, every day of our lives without thinking about it. Exactly. So I guess my question is, is, I mean, I have a lot of questions, but one, (laughs) when you have this conversation, because I mean, I know you do probably every day of your life and it's so emotionally charged because that was something that I, 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 I got really tired of arguing with people after a while. (laughs) I I do too. I I try not to argue anymore. That's, you know, I don't want to argue with people anymore. Um, I mean, it, it is fascinating. That is, isn't that the most fascinating thing? Like, there's this really awesome picture that summarizes it well. And there's this man with a knife. It's a cartoon, a cartoon picture. He's holding his knife, and there's all these animals lined up in front of him, a cow, a pig, a chicken, a horse, a lamb. And he's holding this knife towards him, but he's looking down, and he, with, he's looking down, and with his other hand not holding the knife, he's patting his cats. I've seen you know? that. And yeah, just, yeah. That, 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 yeah, that speciesism in a nutshell. We value certain animals over others. In some countries, like in India, they do not eat cows. And in this country, we do not eat dogs. And in other countries, they do not eat pigs. And, you know, like, it's, it's just cultural. There's no difference morally between any of these animals. So I think, though, just going back a little bit, people think that veganism is extreme. I used to think the exact same thing, and now, I mean, the reason why I went vegan is because I realized what's what's extreme about being vegan. Like being vegan is the most chill thing I can think of. It's it's so chill. It's so respectful. It's so peaceful. It's it's not extreme to be at a supermarket and move your hand half, you know, like a few feet to the right to buy the soy almond rice or coconut milk instead of. The cow's milk, it's not extreme to be at a Mexican restaurant and ask for extra guac instead of sour cream. Like, these are not extreme actions at all. But the extreme actions are when you pay somebody to mutilate and torture and murder an animal for a food or product that not only you don't need, that you're better off without, while claiming to be either an animal lover or if not that far, then at least claiming to be against animal cruelty. I mean, that's extreme. And that also happens to be the normal in this society. And that is why it's it's so common to see people who so care, they care so much about human animals or because we're animals as well, you know, we're, we're just another species of animal. So they care so much and do so much for human animals they do so much for dogs or cats or dolphins or whales, and then they kill and eat pigs and cows and chickens and fish. And there's a lot of reasons why. Some people really believe they need meat for protein. They need dairy for calcium. This isn't people's fault. This is the lies that is fed to us by the industries often who are profiting from all this killing, from feeding us these foods that kill us. 
And, you know, we don't know any better. We just believe what we believe. A lot of the time, if you ask somebody, why do you eat meat? They'll say for protein. Or why do you drink cow's milk? They'll say for calcium. And, you know, this is all over the world. I've, I've been talking about this all over the world for years now. It's the same lies everywhere. It's the same excuses everywhere. All the same ones that I had. People in India have. People in Norway have. People in New Zealand have. And it's just so interesting. So how do I talk about it? Well, I talk about it kind of how I just did then. I say, look, I hear where you're coming from. I, I used to think of the same thing. But actually, the truth is we don't need meat for protein. In fact, there's protein found abundantly in plant foods. The benefit of getting it from the plant foods is we don't include the saturated fat, the cholesterol, the hormones, the high concentrated doses of pesticides, the animal cruelty, the environmental destruction. So you can still get protein. And the world record holding strongman is a vegan and Mr. Universe of a few years ago is a vegan. And basically what I do is just try to, you know, like, like I said at the start, I, I educate and encourage and inspire because the truth is on the vegan side the truth is on our side it always points the the best path always points to being vegan and it's just about realizing the objections that people have you know they need protein they think it's going to be hard they think it's extreme they think it's expensive and just just crossing that off their list just saying actually here's the truth and for them, you know, they'll be like, whoa, okay, this is actually delicious. Oh, wow. I didn't know it could be so cheap to be vegan. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was so healthy. And, you know, just, just teaching the truth and, and encouraging people, not slamming people for not being vegan, you know, like that doesn't, blaming right, and shaming is not the way. <laughs> no, for sure. Not. I mean, teaching it, it, and leading it, with love, I mean, to change anyone's opinion on anything, I think it's, it's definitely the only way. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. We all strive to eat in a way that makes our bodies feel good. But when it comes to snacks, sometimes it feels like the whole world is either delicious and unhealthy or boring and tasteless. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. Healthy meets delicious with NatureBox. NatureBox has over 100 snacks that taste good and that are better for you. All snacks are made from high quality, simple ingredients, and that means no artificial colors, flavors, or sweeteners. So you can feel good about what you are eating. My favorites right now are the spicy sriracha popcorn and the lemon tea biscuits. The popcorn is my new favorite for movie nights, and the lemon tea biscuits are the favorite complement to my afternoon green tea. You are sure to find your new snack obsession at NatureBox. They add new snacks every single month, inspired by by real customer feedback, the latest food trends, and professional chefs. It's so simple. Just go to naturebox.com, choose the snacks that you want, and Naturebox will deliver them right to your door. And there's no risk. If you ever try a snack you don't like, just don't eat it. Naturebox will replace it for free. Right now, you can save even more. NatureBox is offering from the heart listeners 50% off of your first order when you go to naturebox.com slash yoga girl. That's naturebox.com slash yoga girl for 50% off of your first order. Naturebox.com slash yoga girl. The world is changing now more than ever. We all need more than one source of income, but not everyone wants to quit their jobs and become a startup founder. That's what Side Hustle School is all about. It's a short daily podcast, seven days a week, that tells stories of ordinary people making extra money without quitting their jobs. The host, Chris Gillabo, also has an intriguing new book out there this month called The Money Tree. It's an engaging story of how you have the power to create your own financial destiny, something that's especially important in this time of uncertainty. 
Get your copy of The Money Tree today from any bookstore or online retailer. Learn more at moneytreebook.com and listen to Side Hustle School wherever you get your podcasts. But one of the things I think that I that I struggled with yeah. so much, uh, and I know I know this is, I, I just realized as as you were talking now why this is coming about for me right now. So I have a, a seven month old baby girl, and she just a month ago started yeah. eating solid food for the first time. Oh, cool! <laughs> and and one of the first things that I told my husband, I said, okay, you know, there's a, this is a whole new thing now. Instead of breastfeeding, you know, we're going to be making food for her every day. Of course, it's going to be homemade and I wouldn't buy whatever junk is in the store. And I said, and of course, it's going to be all vegan. Like I would never, ever in a million years feed her dairy. Like meat, hell no, of course not. Like fish, Great. no, eggs, no. But dairy that I eat, like I would never, ever, 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 ever. And I have had to instruct our whole yeah. family, my mom and my husband's parents and everything. This child does not eat dairy at all. And then it hit me, okay, right. so Lucky I'm, child. why am I not, why, why should she be on a vegan diet, but I am allowing myself to eat this food that I know is horrible for the planet and for animals and for me. I'm showing her more love than I'm showing myself, really. And this has to change. Yeah. And I know it's not a sustainable thing. I'm not going to, you know, feed her vegan food for the rest of her life while I continue to eat something else. Like, that's not going to work. So it's just, yeah. I had to make a choice now. Either I go back to being vegan the way you know, the way things are supposed to be, or we're going to starve. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. The, the option to give my baby, well, you know, non-vegan food, it's just not an option for me. So that's... that's good, good. That's, I mean, <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a good predicament because, you know, you're, you're close. Like some people would think, oh my God, I'm miles away from being vegan. How am I ever going to do this? You've already, you've already done it for a few years. You know you can do it. I'm sure you know some good recipes. You've got one, one food left to drop so you're you're, you're sweet you're already there pretty much We're, we'll, we'll be okay hopefully say, <laughs> yeah i guess i'd just say that um for me it, it really helped to to make a commitment because i went back and forth for a while you know like i said like we said at the start i had bulimia i had a really bad eating disorder which came about from my time in hospital and my the drug the drugs they put me on um, I ate so much food it was all i all i could do it was all i could do in my time it was all i wanted to do because of the drugs and that led to a bad, bad relationship with food, which eventually led to bulimia. And it was really hard for me to go vegan, even though I had it in my heart because I had this bad, pro this bad problem with food. So I'd go good for a couple of weeks and then I'd just binge on ice cream or something like that. And I guess, you know, it helped a lot to learn that there's delicious vegan ice creams out there, but still every now and then I'd still have the dairy. And I had to make a decision. I said, look, that's it. From this day on, From this day on, I will not knowingly consume the products of violence anymore. I will not knowingly put this product of violence into my, into my own body anymore from this day forward. And I just made a vow to myself. I made a commitment. And from it actually really, that was a really good way for me. It really did help. Um, I, you know, I got educated before that. I watched some documentaries. I got, I, had, I got the motivation to do it as well. You know, I saw what happened to the cows on the dairy farms how the babies are taken from the mothers. And I actually witnessed that in real life a few weeks ago in Israel. It broke my heart, you know. And I, I saw, you know, the, the baby boys in the dairy industry because they're waste products, they get their throats slit and they get killed because they never produce dairy, they never produce milk. So I just reminded myself of all these things and it, it helped a lot. And, you know, you, it, it, it is about love. You love your daughter so much. Like, that's so beautiful. 
and it's just going vegan. I mean, obviously, there's countless benefits for the environment and for the animals and even for your health, but on another level, on a more yoga, ahimsa kind of vibe, it's, it's non-violence to yourself. It's, 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 okay, so what most people are doing right now, if they saw an animal, someone torturing or about to kill an animal, an innocent being, they'd get over there and they'd stop that victim. They'd stop, they'd help that victim of violence and they'd stop that bully. That's, that's in most humans' heart. 99% of people are against unnecessary animal cruelty. And they go against that very important, very fundamental core value every single time they consume an animal product. And so when, when you decide, when you make that vow to become vegan, and it's so easy to do. It's literally just changing a few things of what you buy in the supermarket. You still eat all your favorite foods, just the vegan version. It's the best. Like, it's, you don't sacrifice anything. And so when you make that commitment, what you're actually doing is, is so much more than just making a diet choice. You are actually aligning your core values with your actions. And, and it changes you. It changes how you feel inside there's none of this conflict. There's none of this feeling like a hypocrite. There's none of this, you know, this mental gymnastics you have to play to to make yourself, like you're saying, oh, I have a bit of wine, so why can't I have a bit of cheese? There's none of that anymore. It all disappears. You live in alignment with your core values. And by doing that, you are increasing the peace inside of you. There's less turmoil. There's more peace. There's more compassion. There's more respect. You've taken a step that has increased the 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 ahimsa inside you know that the value of ahimsa and all of these things benefit not just us but the world because when you become more of a non-violent when you start living more with the value of ahimsa and you start increasing the peace and the joy and the respect and compassion inside of yourself of course only then can you share those qualities with the world so it also just raises the collective consciousness of this world to a higher frequency, to a more positive, love-based frequency. And, you know, the, the benefits are just actually so endless. And I just see it as such a, such a way out of so many of the messes we've created for ourselves. I mean, it is on an energetic level. I mean, everything you're saying now is just clicking so intensely. Um, but f for someone who's listening now, because I know there's going to be thousands of people listening that that kind of have that same attitude as I do or, you know, about dairy, for instance, like dairy is not as bad. And um, could you yeah. explain a little bit about the truth behind the behind what goes into the the production of dairy, and it's not as maybe as peaceful yeah. as people think? Because I think people have this idea that it's like yeah. a you know a farm, and there's a cow being milked, and then you know mm. cheese is created somehow, <laughs> and it's just all all fine and dandy. Although I know that's not the case, but <laughs> could you share a little bit? Sure. Well, obviously, I mean. You know, you've got to remember that these industries do not have our best interests or the best interests of the animals or the planet at heart. Animal agriculture is the leading cause of the most destructive things happening to the planet right now, so they obviously don't care about that. They obviously don't care about the animals because they exploit and kill its 56 billion land animals every year and over 3 trillion sea animals every single year. So just remember the kind of industry that are telling us that we need dairy, that we need cows, um, that we need protein and that they do it ethically and humanely and free range just remember you know who we're dealing with here so 
on dairy farms, and just to, just even before dairy, just to be, just to think of it this way as well. Before I go into the specifics of dairy, just coming from a place and understanding that animals are not here for us. They are not here to serve us. They are not here to become our property. They are not here to be our slaves or to serve us in any way. Animals are here for their own reasons, just like we are. Some people say, well, what would animals do if we didn't eat them? They would live there. I'm looking at a bird right now, just chilling, just chilling, enjoying the sunlight in the grass, relaxing, doing whatever it wants. The other day, I was in Bali, and I, I saw this family, this, this big chicken with all these t- tiny little baby chicks. She was showing them around, showing them how to climb up things, showing them how to eat. You know, these other animals, these other species, they just want to do what we want to do. They want to live, enjoy, be left in peace. They want to not suffer. You know, that, so, so just remember that animals are not here for us to use. And that's why all exploitation is a form of abuse. Because all abuse is wrong and all the ways we use animals is a form of exploitation. We shouldn't be using them. They're not here for us. So just starting from that foundation, because a lot of people will say, well, I buy a hymns and milk or I buy eggs from a chicken that, um, you know, is on a free-range facility. I would say, first of all, that the vast, vast majority of animal products, I'm talking 97, 98% come from horrifically treated animals in disgusting filthy places hell holes you would not wish on your worst nightmare what the animals go through and we treat the animals worse than we treat the worst child abuser on the planet the worst sex offender on the planet that's what we do to these innocent beings 98 percent of animal products come from those places so there is no ahims and milk because you're taking you're stealing from a baby the, the cow's milk is for the babies and any extra milk that you might get is stealing from the mother. The mother never asked for that. In the dairy industry, just specifically on that industry, because a lot of people don't realize that it's at least as cruel as the meat industry, standard practice is this. Standard legal practice is this. For a cow to give milk, she has to be pregnant or recently have given birth. So they will forcibly impregnate her, which means a human will shove their arm into the cow's anus right in and then grab her cervix to maneuver that so that they then inject her vagina with bull semen. They do this on an apparatus commonly known as a rape rack. So that's what we do. We, we force a pregnancy on them. We force them to become pregnant, whether they like it or not. And I'm sure they don't like that. And then they give birth after nine months, just like a human. The babies will be taken from the mother almost immediately because the humans don't want the babies drinking their milk, obviously, because the humans want it. So the babies are separated. Now, I saw this happen in, in real life the other day, a few months ago. It was horrible. This tiny little baby cow, the cutest little baby, had just been born. The mother was licking the, the cow, you know, because the little baby's still wet. And then this man came in with a wheelbarrow with like a cage around the wheelbarrow and he grabbed this baby and he threw the baby in and he started wheeling him or her, I'm not sure, wheeling her out. And then the mother started chasing after the man and he closed the gate on her and then she just looked at me and I was looking back and I'm like, holy fuck, I can't believe this is happening. And, And she just sort of like stamped off all agitated 
obviously. And anyway, so that's standard legal practice. They separate the babies from the mothers. The mothers often will cry and bellow for days, pointing in the same direction they last all their babies. The baby boys, like I already mentioned, they're sent to the slaughterhouse because they're a waste product in the industry. So we're talking like the cutest, most gentle little animals sent to slaughter because they won't produce milk. That's it, just because they don't have anything that we can take from them. And they, at a slaughterhouse in your country and in my country, standard legal practice is to shoot them in the head with a bolt gun that fires through their skull into their brain to stun them, and then they get their throat slit. So they get their throat opened right up with a knife. They kick, they thrash, they scream, their eyes are wide open in shock and terror. And then that's that. That's the baby boys. The baby girls have the same fate as their mother, forcibly impregnated, hooked up to milking machines after the babies have been taken. They repeat this process every year usually five to seven years this goes for it's it's um so severely exhausting for their bodies that after five to seven years that's pretty much all they can handle and then they drop they become profitless they get sent to the same slaughterhouse as her babies did and they get shot in the head and have their throat cut as well and in nature a cow a very gentle animal, a very maternal being. They can live 25. Some cows have even lived over 30 years old. So we're doing this when they're still young, like, you know, young. It would be like a uh, like a 20-year-old or something like that if we were talking about human comparison. And, you know, it's and it's the worst part is why do we do all that? You know, like you were talking about, you, you eat cheese or people like the, they like cow's milk in their coffee and... We have vegan cheese. We have so many different plant-based milks. So all that can be so easily avoided. But like I, I just want to go on again because I know there are a lot of people that are into yoga and things like that. They think they're getting milk from a good place. And I would just remind them that there's no good animal products. All animal use is a form of exploitation. All exploitation is a form of abuse. They do not consent to having their milk taken. They do not consent to any of the numerous things that happen in their life that causes them to suffer or causes them to stress or harm. And it's not up to us to decide how those animals live their life or what we do to them and what we deem as acceptable and not acceptable. What we should be doing is not describing them as our property, not owning animals. They are not ours and letting them live in peace just like we would want to live. But that's basically the dairy industry in a nutshell. Egg industry is very similar. The baby boy chicks are shredded alive because they won't produce eggs. Countless different cruelties involved. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, here's the main point. They all end up at the same slaughterhouse. And there's no humane way to kill someone who doesn't want to die. You can't humanely murder somebody. You can't humanely child abuse. You cannot humanely slaughter an animal. And that's the bottom line. I'm crying now. <laughs> this is yeah, yeah. All the 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 slaughterhouse documentaries. I mean, like Earthlings and all the like. Even when I was vegan, I was never able to to watch them. Like I tried multiple times just to really ingrain it, and because I know you know I want to be conscious about this practice so that I can't return to it. It's just too. It was just too hard for me to, to connect with it. I know it is for a lot of people. I'm sure there's people listening to this or, that are will be crying right now. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. I want a body that feels good all year round. 
Don't you? Practicing yoga and swimming in the ocean are my two happiness essentials, and the food that I eat is just as important. Fuel your healthy lifestyle through the fall season with nutritionist-approved meal prep delivery across the U.S. from Sunbasket. Sunbasket makes it easier and more convenient to commit to your health and wellness every single day. You receive organic and sustainable ingredients directly to your door. Ingredients are pre-measured and the step-by-step instructions are a cinch to follow. Now you can cook delicious seasonal meals right in your own kitchen in 30 minutes or less. Sunbasket offers specific dietary needs like gluten-free, vegetarian, and family options. Each order is created by award-winning chefs and approved by nutritionists. So whichever wellness journey you're committed to or curious to try, there's a Sunbasket for it. No more running around town for the best ingredients or endless online scrolling for recipes. Order from Sunbasket for a quick and nutritious meal that your body will thank you for. Your new healthy lifestyle starts right now with Sunbasket. Go to sunbasket.com slash yoga today to get $35 off of your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash yoga for $35 off. Sunbasket.com slash yoga. Actually, when you when you speak about the, about the dairy industry and the cows and the mother, I found myself like crossing my arms over my chest. I'm breastfeeding right now. You know, there's a... I, I've never felt this connected to the idea of where dairy comes from, like you know, I am going through this process wow. of feeding my child in this moment. It's, it's extremely intimate. It's extremely sacred. It's, 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 you know, it's her, her, her entire life force comes from, from me. It's this absolute beautiful thing. And then somehow I'm justifying that it's okay to, to exploit another mother in this way, just because I really like cheese on my bread in the morning. <sighs> oh God. It's, I was kind of hoping um, that you wouldn't set me straight. <laughs> I don't know what I was oh, thinking I, I going into this. I you straight, my friend. <laughs> um, oh, I, I think well, you did touch on something really interesting there. You said that you couldn't even watch the slaughterhouse footage. And, you know, that is most people. Most people do not, they, they can't even look at it. They don't even want to see. They, they see slaughterhouse footage and immediately they turn away. Oh my God, I hate seeing that. That's disgusting. It makes me sick. That's your food. That's how your food is made. You want to put that into your body and you can't even look at it for a second? You know, if you can't look at it, how can you put it into your mouth and chew it? How can you pay for it to happen when you can't even witness it? And that's nature. That's your inner nature telling you that if, 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 you, if you got hungry, when you watch slaughterhouse footage, I'd say, okay, maybe you're supposed to eat meat. A lion would get hungry. But when you look at it and you're truly disgusted by it, that is not food for you. That is not what you should be eating. And that, that is the majority of people, they can't even see how their food's made. They don't want to know. They don't want to look, about, look at it. That's nature telling you. You don't have to eat that. And you look at a piece of fruit and it's colorful and it's beautiful and it's got this interesting scent. And you open it up and you eat it in its raw natural form and it's delicious. That's nature telling you. You should eat that. You know? And it's just obvious when you start thinking about it. We're not built to be eating meat. We have to get someone else to kill the poor animal because we love animals. We're against animal cruelty. We have to package it in a way that we don't even think it's an animal anymore. It's just a neatly wrapped package on the supermarket shelf. We put happy pictures of cows. We call it humane slaughter. And then we have to cook it and then we season it with plants to make it taste like plants. <laughs> and then we put it on a, on a bread roll 
full of all these other plants and we disguise it and we eat it like that. And like, oh, yum, I love meat. It's like, you love the plants. <laughs> and <laughs> the beauty is, even if you love meat, because I do, I loved eating meat. I ate all the meat. You don't need to sacrifice meat. We've got vegan meat. We've got vegan sausages. We've got vegan chicken. We've got vegan fish. You name it. There's so many vegan options. Even if there wasn't vegan options, even if we didn't have vegan cheese that you, next time you go to the supermarket, you could easily choose at the same supermarket you already shop in. Even if you didn't have that where you live, you don't need it. There are literally millions of vegan recipes out there that are delicious and they're just made from plants, not not. Um, made in a way that are supposed to resemble meat or cheese or anything. There are millions of vegan recipes waiting for you. There's a whole new world of food that you're going to love that doesn't require anything like an animal product. And that's the beauty of going vegan. People think, oh, you sacrifice so much, you know, you sacrifice your favorite foods. And that's what it seems like. And that's what I thought I was doing when I went vegan. I'm like, fuck, what am I going to eat? I'm just going to eat lettuce and tofu? Like, is that my life now? And you know what I did, actually? When I started going vegan, I was the I was the worst. This is the worst example. No, no one take a page from this book. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know any vegans. I was like, oh fuck, I have to be vegan. I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I made a smoothie, and I I just chop up a block of raw tempeh and I dropped it in my smoothie. No, just eat it while I'm. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck tempeh even was. I'm like, what is this shit? It's disgusting. I don't know what it is, but. It's got protein in it, and I was freaking out about proteins. I'm like, fuck, I have to eat it. <laughs> like, I do that for about three weeks, and I'm just thinking there's got to be a better way to vegan. Like, this can't be it. Surely this isn't it. And then, you know, like, I decided looking at recipes. Oh, I was the worst, man. And then I was like, I was hating it. But then you realize you can have burritos, you can have pastas, you can have pizzas, you can have ice cream. No, one ingredient in ice cream, if you blend frozen bananas, a little bit of soy milk, you've got delicious ice cream. You can have, um, what else? What else do I have? I have rice paper rolls with tofu. I have scrambled tofu, which is like scrambled eggs. I have, you name it, like there's literally millions of recipes. And Yes, I mean, I do, know, I you, know. You, and I'm sure definitely yeah. in this niche of people that we're talking to right now, which is people that are dedicated to their well-being. And and I mean, a lot of what this podcast is about is is, is love. It's it's self-love and being vulnerable and then, you know, committing to, to living a happy, happy life. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Taking photos of precious and beautiful moments is so valuable, and these days, super duper easy. What isn't easy, however, is taking those precious moments from our devices to our home so that we can view them in our day-to-day lives. Do you have hundreds or maybe thousands of photos living in your phone or on random flash drives scattered all around the house without a single photo in an actual picture frame? Well, you can take those special memories out of your phone and onto your wall with FrameBridge. FrameBridge is the easiest way to custom frame your art and photos without ever having to leave your house. Go to framebridge.com and upload your photo from your computer or even directly from Instagram. If you have physical photos or artwork, they provide secure prepaid packaging so you can mail it in for free. Preview your photos online in your selected frame style or get free help from their talented designers. And then wait just a couple of days not weeks, for the expert team to frame and deliver your finished piece right to your door, ready to hang. Instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, prices at FrameBridge start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, all From the Heart listeners will get 15% off their first order when they use the promo code YOGAGIRL. FrameBridge.com even offers a happiness guarantee, so if you aren't 100% satisfied with your order, they will make it right. 
I always love placing sentimental photos around the house. It turns my whole day around just looking up to see a photo of my baby's first dip in the ocean. With Framebridge, our home is now filled with even more cherished memories. Get started framing your photos and art today. Go to framebridge.com and use the promo code YOGAGIRL and you'll save an additional 15% off of your first order. Go to framebridge.com, promo code YOGAGIRL. Framebridge.com, promo code YOGAGIRL. And all of this, and this is why I've been really silent, right? I haven't been against or for anything or said anything. And sometimes from people that knew, know that I used to be vegan will send me comments or emails like, why don't you promote veganism anymore? Why don't you talk about this? It's such a huge thing. And I was always rubbed the wrong way. Like, let me fucking live. Like, I don't want to be the world's, you know, crusader and projecting my voice for every cause. Like, let me just be and live my life. Yeah. But I'm realizing it's really yeah. because I haven't wanted to look at this. Like, it's been, it's been a total thing out of laziness and... I mean, part of it when I when I slipped out of <laughs> of everything was I, I moved to Aruba to where I live now seven years ago, almost eight years ago. And there were no not a single farmer's market here. Nothing grows on this island. So there was no fresh fruits and veggies anymore. And I found myself like having to eat all this processed food. And it was always, you know, pasta with with nothing on it <laughs> or something from a jar. Like I would eat just kind of unhealthy food overall. And then little by little, like, oh, some dairy slipped in and I didn't care. And then the next week it got worse. And then, you know, little by little, after a couple of months, everything yeah. went away. But with that, you know, this big influence that I have that I had, I know, before social media and all of this, I had a huge influence then, like over my whole, uh, I went vegan and my dad went, went vegan with me to make fun of me. For three months, he was like, this is the stupidest <laughs> thing you've ever done. I'm going to become vegan to taunt you and to show how I'm going to get sick. And this is dumb and blah, blah, blah. Like he basically went vegan to spite me. And this was, That's you know, 10, 10, 12 years ago. And he still hasn't had meat since then. You know, I wow, had this. Cool. It was so cool. Like I had this amazing influence. And now I have a restaurant at, at, at my yoga studio and we serve all vegetarian food it's all vegan. We have no animal products in the kitchen aside from cheese because I eat cheese. <laughs> so I have this, you know, I'm influencing people that come here with what they eat and what the choices that they make. And I've kind of been trying to hide under a little non-vegan cave knowing that I need to get back. <laughs> and I guess having a baby yeah, really, yeah. really was my, my final cue. I can't, I don't, I'm, I'm out of excuses now, I think. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's great, and I think look like like I said, you know, you can you can get it all, you can understand it, you can do it, you can go vegan, but just remember you're you're living in a non-vegan for the most part in a not yet let's call it a not yet vegan world, and we're talking about billion trillion dollar industries who know exactly how to market their product. This is brainwashing. You watch the advertisements. You walk down the street. You see the advertisements. You hear the lies that are being told to children in schools. It's brainwashing. They know exactly how to brainwash us to get us to eat what, what they want us to eat. So, you know, I can understand why people slip in and out of it. But you're right. Like, your podcast is about love. And nothing loving happens in a slaughterhouse ever. Nothing loving ever has happened in a slaughterhouse. You know, one loving thing that the only loving thing I can think of in a slaughterhouse is the stories I hear of when a baby cow will suck on the thumbs of a slaughterhouse worker before the slaughterhouse worker 
twist their throat like that that baby is looking for the love from the mother that's the only thing that i can think of that that would resemble some sort of loving action in a slaughterhouse and you know and it's not yeah i mean it's i i just think that's so awesome that you had me on and that you're back on thinking about it because like you said you've got a massive influence and even even you even helping like animals aside environment aside you help your dad go vegan you help one person go vegan you might have added two decades three decades to their life you know that's what we can do for our friends and family by going vegan so it's you know for so many reasons it's such a it's just it's like there's two paths one is so destructive one is so violent so cruel so much suffering for, for everyone involved, for this whole planet. And then there's this other path next to it, and it's so beautiful and so loving and, and so connected and so right with our heart. And they're right next to each other, and neither one is harder than the other. You know, it's mm. like, let's just start walking this other path. Let's all of us just start <laughs> walking and, yeah. Thank and you, lead James. the way, you know, some people have to lead the way. No worries. And lead the way. No so I'm just, for anyone that's listening now that maybe is close to where I am, where it's, you know, it's not that far off. I'm not sitting at McDonald's eating hamburgers every day, you know, taking that final step to becoming vegan. Maybe if it's letting go of dairy or eggs or a bit of fish or whatever, you know, you're, you're eating that isn't fully plant-based or that is animal product. How can you, can you give some tips to stay? you know, to really, after literally this For podcast sure. is over, that this is the moment, you know, where we transition to, yeah. to becoming vegan. What are some tips that you could leave us with? Yeah, great question. Well, my biggest tip, actually, for anyone who has the internet would be to go to challenge <laughs> For anyone that has internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ch- challenge22.com. It's, um, it's a 22-day vegan challenge. And it's totally free. You go to this web, you go to this website, you sign up, and then you get added into this group. And you can get, if you want, you can be assigned a, a mentor for free. You're, there's, um, you have discussions with registered dietitians if you want. They give you recipes. They give you advice. Basically, any question you could have during this 22-day vegan challenge they're there for you they're there to support you they're there to answer every question to make it as easy as possible you know what am i going to have for breakfast tomorrow what do i get from my supermarket what do i do if i'm eating at an italian restaurant they're there for you so any question you could possibly have challenge22.com is the best place and it's 100 percent free um that would be my first step to just sign up and start doing it i'd also recommend watching the documentaries get motivated you know learn to the reasons why you should do it. It's so much easier to do it if you are inspired to. So I'd say watch Earthlings, watch Cow... So Earthlings is all the ethics and what happens to animals. Cowspiracy is what happens to the environment. And Forks Over Knives is about the health. It's based on the largest study ever conducted on the relationship between nutrition and disease. And just to spoil the ending for you, it says that the optimal amount of animal products in a human diet is zero, but you can understand how they came to those many conclusions um, through watching Forks Overnight. I'd say they're the three main ones to watch. I'd, I'd recommend watching my speech. It's called This Speech Is Your Wake-Up Call, but you pretty much heard most of it just then, so maybe just skip that one. <laughs> and you can just re-listen to this podcast or something. 
Uh, no, I'll, I'll include all of this right. in, a, in a blog post for people to to uh, cool. yeah to refer to immediately after this. So yeah, and getting conscious. Let me say this is one more thing. If you're looking for vegan recipes, look up vegan breakfast recipes. Lunch, do the same. Dinner, do the same. Some people, that's how they do it. They go, okay, I'm going to go vegan for breakfast. I'm going to choose. You know, I'll have oats with blueberries and maple syrup and crushed walnuts. For, that's one go-to meal. Then I'll have another go-to meal of just something simple like avocado and tomato on sourdough toast. And then another one I'll have, just another simple one, I'll have cereal with soy milk. You know, like just three easy ones so you can rotate. Then when that's sorted, you go do the same for lunch and dinner. Boom, you're pretty much vegan. Next time you buy toothpaste, <laughs> buy vegan toothpaste. Same supermarket. Like, it's that easy. It's honestly that easy. Um, but, but the best thing to do is to, to really figure it all out. Like, I'll give you a few tips now, but the best thing to do is go to chance22.com or just look up how do I go vegan, and there's countless websites dedicated to it. Vegankit.com is another good one, and, yeah, it's, it's much easier than any of you would expect. That's why so many people are doing it. If it was really hard, I guarantee people wouldn't be doing it, but it's not. That's so true. And for anyone that wants more of you, they can find you on jamesaspie.com.au, correct? Correct. I'm correct. On Facebook, YouTube, okay. And, the and gram, Facebook yo. and yeah. Instagram. Yo, James Aspie, find him there. Challenge22.com. I'm on there right now um, signing up. Oh, here I am Whoa, making a commitment. <laughs> live for the world so i recently Heck did this <laughs> i did this a couple of months ago with sugar <laughs> and failed so people are gonna really oh, really hard. scrutinize me right now i am really oh my god i'm in for a for a treat <laughs> that's true this is gonna be easy man going without sugar that's that's a challenge but going vegan that's that's the easy one. <laughs> That's the easy one. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the cool. show and schooling us on love and peace and really living the yogic life because this is this is truly what that is. Thanks. Well, it's been an honor to be on here, and you know, there's we've all got something to learn. I definitely don't know anything, so you know, it's just about sharing what we know and, and encouraging as you know, encouraging each other to when we know better to do better. So I'm, I'm glad you had me on. Thanks very much. I hope people listening enjoyed. Thank you. I'll see you all next week. Huge thanks to my amazing guest this week, James Aspie. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And of course, don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Bob's Red Mill, Nature Box, Sunbasket, and Framebridge. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I will see you next week.